Welcome to the inner world of filmmaking. I'm your host, Tammy McGarrow. I'm a writer, director, editor, and a podcast producer. In this show, I will interview filmmakers in all facets of production and distribution. On today's episode, we're talking about acting, and we have the amazing Alan Vasquez. He's acted in one of my films. Well, we've and, worked together. Yeah, yeah. we've yeah. worked together on sets and uh, on other people's projects and on your own projects. So it's been yeah. a, a wonderful experience. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into acting? So the actually the reason why I got into acting was because I wanted to learn how to direct actors better. So a little bit about myself is I've always wanted to be a filmmaker. I wanted to direct films ever since I saw Star Wars, which is a bit of a cliche and I wish I had a more of a clever answer, but that's the truth. Like I saw Star Wars at seven years old and I thought, who did this? Because this is something that I would love to do. So I went to Vancouver Film School back in 2008, 2009. And yeah, I started directing and producing about a few years ago. And I just had this inclination of I wanted to learn the the actor's perspective, you know, because I think I had this um, insight when I directed my first short film, Andy, was that, you know, the actor is really what brings the soul to the film. When you're watching Luke Skywalker, it's because of Mark Hamill and what he brought to that role, you know? So I feel like acting is a very important part of filmmaking. So I wanted to learn how to direct them better, uh, speak their language, go into their world. So I decided to take an acting class and I just fell in love with it. I did not expect to fall in love with it as much as I did. My teacher, Terry Ross, uh, she said... I don't I don't think she meant to, you know, make it a big point or anything, but she just casually said that, you know, every time you see an actor on screen, you know it's a good actor when there's a presence there, when there's a history there with that character. You just feel it. And that that's happened to me before. When you're watching a movie and all of a sudden a character goes into the scene and you just feel that character. So what happened? So how did that actor get to that level? And, you know, to me, she said something like, you know, it's like building everything that that character has gone through up to that point, And the actor knows what that is. And all of a sudden that spoke to the writer in me. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I have a blank slate. I have like this whole canvas to build a character. And I just have my body to really showcase that. But if I can really build a whole world for this character, I can really embody that and have that as a goal to really make sure that the audience can sort of feel that. And that all of a sudden just sparked the creativity in me. And it just was unshakable after that. I was like, it was like chasing that feeling. Um, So all of a sudden acting became very exciting and very challenging. But yeah, that's how I got into acting. How, How do you go about when you have a script You've been hired for a film. How do you go about memorizing? Well, okay, well, actually, I used to. That used to be the first thing I did. The first thing I did was memorize all the lines, and just because I didn't want to worry about it. So I, it was. It's actually. It, it became very uh, simple for me. For whatever reason, it became. 
it was kind of easy for me to memorize the lines. I would dedicate maybe two, three nights to just really honing in the lines because my mission was like, as long as I get this out of the way, then I can just work on the character and I won't have to worry about like memorizing dialogue and all that stuff. So it's fairly easy. I don't really know what technique I use other than you just write it down and you repeat it, repeat it, and you just really go through it until you're just, you just get it. But I changed my approach quite recently because I felt I get stuck if I memorize the lines a certain way, then it's very hard for me to break away from that. So now I do it backwards. I build the character first and then I approach the lines because now it's like I'm approaching it as that character. So now memorizing the lines is actually one of the last things I do. And not in every project, because if it's a very dialogue-heavy project, then I know I got to do the work. Now I approach the character first. Who is this guy? Who? What is his soul? Like, what is the spirit there? Like, what is all that stuff underneath? Because I feel like that has to be first before the lines, because that is going to indicate how I'm going to say the lines. So if I'm memorizing it a certain way, that's going to kind of be hardwired in my brain. And it's going to be very hard for me to shake that off. And that's just for me personally. Okay, so that being said, um, do you ever feel like once you know your character and you're reading the lines, does the lines change because of the character wouldn't say that? Yes and no. So the lines also indicate who this guy is. Because at the end of the day, you have to honor the script. Pretty much, you kind of like a detective at first when you're reading the script. So every line, okay, why is he saying it like that? Why is he saying this? So that indicate that gives you clues to who this character is. And ultimately, it's a collaboration with the director. You know, you ask questions and you try to get as much information from the writer, the director, and you start uh, building the character from that. Because ultimately... You don't want to go off on your own, build something, and then come back, and it's so different from what they want, you know? So it has to be a communication between you and the filmmakers. That's super crucial. There's a reason why that dialogue is there. You have to honor that. Um, obviously, things can change the more you guys talk about the character, and like all of a sudden, the director will get a different idea that he gets excited about, or I'll get a different idea, and then we'll both get excited about that idea, and then the dialogue will change after that. But dialogue is an indicator as to who this character is. But then the more research you do, the more work that you do, yeah, there'll come a point where it's like, actually, maybe that line isn't the way he would say it, now based on the conversations we have. And most directors, in my experience, are very receptive to that. They're very like, oh, okay, yeah, we can change it like this. Um, I haven't really encountered a director or a writer that's like, no, it has to be exactly like this. Um, so it's a collaboration. It's a little bit of both. Yeah. Do you feel like a lot of the directors you're working with are also writers? Off the top of my head, I would say that most of the directors that I've worked with have also written their stories. Yes. So it's a very, like, a lot of them is very of a passion project. It's very personal. And, I, and I'm very attracted to that. I'm very attracted to directors who created those worlds, created those characters, because that's exciting to me because then it's very intimate. It's a very like creative process as to why did they write those characters. As, as an actor, what I do too, I also look at the director as an extension of that character. 
um, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but I I study the director. I observe the director because there's a reason why you're telling this story, and so I sometimes extract a little bit of the director himself or herself and use it for the character. Wow, that's amazing. To say yes to a project, do you always read the script or is it just based on your relationship with the person? Definitely the script. I have definitely turned down scripts from people that I have a good relationship with and I really respect and for a number of different reasons. Um, But to me, the script is incredibly key to all of it. Actually, I just got a, a request for an audition and they sent me the script and the sides for the character. And the first thing I did was read the script because I, first and foremost, I'm a writer director. Like I said, that is my background. That is what I love. That was my first passion. So what is the big picture? What am I going to go into? What is the, the story? I mean, even if the story is not good, but the character is good, that to me is, is that's a hard decision. Because do I want to uh, exercise my acting, even though I know I'm going to be in a bad film? Or, you know, that's something to think about. But script is first. You know, what is the story? And something that I love asking the, the writer and the director is, what are you trying to say? Like, what is your voice? Like, why are you saying this story? What does this mean to you? I think it's important for me to be a part of something that is passion oriented, that the director and the writer are saying it for a reason because that shows up on screen. It always does. Well, and also um, a lot of your roles that you've been in are very dramatic. I mean, is that your forte? I mean, you like to go into the shadows, I <laughs> Apparently think. it is. I don't know. Like, it's so weird. Like, I, I, I never set out to just want to be a dramatic actor that just kind of ended up... I just ended up gravitating to those roles and I ended up getting those roles. It wasn't... It wasn't a conscious decision. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like I do have all that stuff in there that I can bring up. I definitely am now at a point where I want to do more of a comedy, more like lighter stuff. I realized that I'm quite an emotional person. And just in the last maybe five years, uh, as I've gotten a little bit older, uh, when I was younger, I was not as in tune with my emotions. And I think the older I got, the more I became connected to them. And I think acting really just brought it all out. I'm 34. I have lived a whole life before I got into acting, a whole life outside the film industry. So I've gone through heartbreak. I've gone through, you know, what every normal human being has gone through. And so I feel like I have all this stuff that I can call on for for emotion because i've gone through quite a bit and i think maybe that's why why i've gotten those roles because i try to be uh honest about those emotions yeah no and i think you're really good i mean la paz i mean even the short film that i did um homeschooling during the quarantine where you were um a teacher at high school <laughs> it was comedic i mean you were but he was it was angry all... <laughs> <laughs> even that was angry yeah <laughs> yeah i mean you were awesome i mean you fucking nailed it you well, know it's just like really cool yeah and and andy i mean that was your first short film mm-hmm. um what made you write direct and then act in that 
Yeah. So Andy was um that was my first film in the industry. Like I didn't know that much. I had gone to film school eight years prior, but this was me just kind of going for it. The main reason why I didn't get an actor for that role, besides myself, is that I didn't really want to go through the trouble of casting. I had casted already two people. In the original version, this character doesn't have a big role and doesn't have any dialogue. Actually, none of the characters had any dialogue in the original script. It was all silent. And I just thought, oh, I can just be that actor. I don't have to worry about anything like getting another actor. And there was a part of me, I feel, that was curious about acting so i was like okay i'll give it a, i'll give it a go it's not high stakes it wasn't nothing crazy i put the film together uh so the story is about this man who's battling mental illness and he's contemplating a mass murder and uh so that's the, the storyline and so about it took me about four months to put the film together and when i watched it i felt like it wasn't my intention, but it kind of felt like I was glorifying it in a way. It was just coming across that way where I was because sh- everything's from his perspective. And it just felt like I didn't showcase the consequence of his actions. And I felt that that story needed to have that in order for me to be 100% real about those situations. Even though it is from his perspective, it just kind of left a very empty feeling inside. And actually, um I, the Vegas shootings had just happened. And wow. when I had finished the film, and I was just so repulsed by that whole that whole situation that I just felt I can't release this film how it is. I have to really show the pain. I have to show all of that stuff and the only character that could inhabit that or could showcase that in the film was the one that i played so i came to this crossroads and i remember very clearly where it was like okay this character is gonna have to go through some deep stuff i've already shot my part so either i get another actor and have to reshoot everything else or i just have to buckle down and just like really do it myself i didn't really want to do it and i didn't even know if i could i've never really acted before and i now had to really showcase what this character the pain that this character was going to go through and so i just made that decision of just going for it the director in me was like no we have to do it and alan was like no i don't want to do that i don't know if i could do that but the director was like it's just got to be done um so I just went for it, and uh, we had one day of pickups uh, where we shot a couple of extra scenes and to give the film a bit more context. And uh, I just decided to to really go for it. And I remember for the emotional scenes uh, that we shot for that film for my character, I actually decided to drink a little, you know, a couple of shots because I thought like, okay, you know, like maybe this will loosen me up, get more emotional. Never doing that again because it just was not helpful at all. But yeah, I just, uh, that's how I did that role for that film. Ultimately, I, it was a director call for me. It wasn't because I wanted to act and showcase my acting. This was before I took the class. It was literally just a, the writer director in me being like, it, we need to have this footage for the scenes to work, for the film to work. Randy Davison was brilliant. 
in your film. He's I mean, amazing. He he's an amazing San Diego actor. Um, just he nailed the part. Uh, you did like a video that was sent to your character um, that he did. That was kind of um, what was it called a. Um, a manifesto. Manifesto. Yeah. I mean, he was just like, I totally felt the character. And it was also beautifully shot by Aiden Keltner. Yeah. Wasn't he? And he was 15 at the time. He was 15. Very quick story. I had another DP who was going to be doing the film, and he dropped out maybe about three or four weeks before we were going to shoot. So I was in a panic. And so I was new to the film industry here in San Diego. I had very small few contacts and i reached out to a few people saying like i need a dp and so his name came up and i interviewed a couple people it didn't work out i wasn't feeling it and then finally someone sent me his information and she was like you gotta talk to this guy and i was like okay cool so i sent him an email I sent him the script and I said, look, if you, if the, if you resonate with the script, you know, let me know, we can meet up and talk about it. Um, he really liked the script and he's like, yeah, let's meet up. So we set up a, a meeting at a cafe and a day before we were supposed to meet, I'm like, oh, I should probably do a little bit of research on him. And I go on Facebook and I find him and I look at his birthday <laughs> and it said something like, I think it was September Sorry, Aiden, I don't remember your exact birthday. I think it was September 23rd, 2001. And I was like, wait a second, 2001? And then I did the math. He's 15? Why would this person suggest a fucking 15-year-old to do my film? Does she not think I can do a good job? Like, does she think this is like a joke? Why is she recommending this kid? So I was so ready to send him an email and be... And just call it off, you know, and just say something nice saying like, hey, look, I actually found someone else. I had already was brainstorming different ways I was going to approach it. But then I thought, you know what? It's so late in the game. I'm literally going to meet him tomorrow. I'm just going to go and meet with him, whatever. I'm not going to, you know, it'll be harmless. I'm not going to hire him, but at least I'll meet up with him. Um, So I go and he shows up with this rolling backpack and takes out like his you know notes and his binder and maybe gives me like 30 seconds of small talk and he opens up his binder and he's got all these notes and questions and he just goes right into it and he starts asking me all these very deep and profound questions um about character about the the themes about like how what the visual language is going to be for the film to reflect all of the the themes and uh, the ideas that i had you know what were we what were we going to use and i was blown away by all these questions coming from this kid i mean i was i thought i was being interviewed you know and there he was even asking me questions i hadn't even really asked myself and i by the end of i think we talked for maybe like two hours or something like that by the end of that meeting i was like yeah like i mean you have the gig. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're 15, but holy shit. Yeah, that the gig is yours, you know? Um, and we had an amazing collaboration for that shoot. And it was it was literally my first gig. Um, I mean, I wrote and directed it, but I it was like my first film. And I didn't... I was new to the whole San Diego film industry. And I just got so lucky 
that Aiden was my DP because I think he's brilliant and I've been working with him ever since. So, yeah. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Awesome. Uh, anytime he has a, a film that he's doing, I'm always like, uh, w- could I be on your set? Yeah, of course. <laughs> because yeah. you know it's going to be brilliant. Yeah. And and that being said, you know, I met you through Andy. I mean, you had sent uh, my work an email about your film. You wanted to get some psychologists on a panel. Unfortunately, yep. I was not able to do that. Uh, if you ask me now, I probably I would I know a lot more people. I had just started working at this um, place, and so I didn't really know anybody. So I'm sorry I couldn't be as no worries. helpful. But it all worked out. Yeah, I was back in San Diego from LA, and I was wanting to get into the film community. I was just like, something just told me like why don't you just reach out to him and see if you can meet him for coffee? So, you mm-hmm. know, and you were so gracious to say, yeah, sure, let's do that. And and then you were the one that got me into the film community by the 48-hour film fest. Um, mm-hmm. Back to you. Back to you. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and said, hey, Tammy, do you want to be an editor? You know, they're looking for an editor. You want to be a part of this? And I was like, that's how I met Mark DeLeon. And uh, yeah. Aiden came kind of later. I kept hearing about him. But yeah, yeah, so it was like, just want to say thank you to you because you brought me back into the film community. And I'm just of course. No, I mean, like I I was very um, I was very happy Mm -hmm. to meet with meet up with you and talk about the film. And I I really felt your um, enthusiasm for film and for for making movies so i I was very happy to include you in 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 that project and and obviously now here we are right doing a podcast you know you're a brilliant writer and also um i was talking about you in another podcast about how you're so good with reading other people's scripts because you go so deep and that depth uh let's just ask you a question about when you get a script, you know, thinking about the character, you do an extensive backstory on this character. Mm-hmm. So talk me through that. Well, it started off as um, insecurity. So one thing about me is that I have a fear of public speaking. I'm by default a very shy, introverted person. Um, I'm a little bit different now, but growing up, that was my personality. So to be able to be on a stage or being in front of my classmates and act out a character, act out a scene, that requires a lot of mental work for myself. But I thought if I can really define who this character is, that is my cushion. That is my my um, safety net. So it's almost like if I can disappear and be this person, then I don't have to worry about Alan and his insecurities. So it really did start off as like a coping mechanism. But like I said, I I love writing. And so to me, it just was this wonderful, creative play of, um, yeah, who is this guy? Like, what was his childhood like? And then creating a whole bunch of uh, details for this person. So I feel acting is... As much as you give to acting is what you're going to get out of acting. And I just wanted to really immerse myself into this like virtual reality as to who this character is. I just wanted to lose myself. And that became exciting. If I can get to a place where I'm no longer thinking like myself and I'm thinking like this person, that is fucking 
creatively very satisfying because I am building a whole history where I can get lost in. But it it's a lot of work. It's a lot of um, questions I ask myself and a lot of details that you have to infuse into the character. And it's not just this person went to this school and this person had these friends. It's how was his experience at school? How did he feel about his friends? What was his first love like? All of that stuff you never see in a film. And uh, um, and it's not necessary, but it informs me as to how I'm going to act in a scene. Because at the end of the day, who you are right now is a culmination of all your experiences. And I take the same approach to a character. Who this character is in this script, in this scene, is the culmination of everything that happened in his life up to now. So who is he? What did he go through? And the more that I can add to that character the more than i can immerse myself in that scene and really give stuff to hopefully the audience that they can feel hopefully to to the other um actors in the scene the more that i can bring to the table the more we have to play with and that's what i that's what i want i want all these tools all these things to come into to work to play so I love it. I, I mean, it's work, but I, I love it so much because I can, I don't know, I get very, I, I feel like the custodian of that character. I feel like I have this responsibility for whoever I'm playing. So whenever a role comes my way, I do take it very seriously. I do say, okay, who is this guy? And I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to make sure that I'm the best representative of this character on set. I'm his custodian. So I I do take it seriously. And I feel uh, a way of me honoring that is to give it as much thought, as much emotion as I possibly can. And it just becomes this very rewarding, creative journey for me. And honestly, a lot of the times, it's like discovering a part of myself as well, because it is an act of empathy. I don't always play really nice characters. and And it forces me to look at the darker emotions in myself. Like you said, I have done quite a bit of very dramatic and very dark roles. So what that does, it it, it forces me to go to those places within myself um, and not be scared of it. So it's, it's honestly like it's a very rewarding creative journey for myself. When you're doing these backstories, are you bringing your own personal experiences or are you really playing in a fantasy of this person separate from yourself? Very separate from myself. but um, And it depends on the character. But I think for me, uh, the way I like to describe something is that the way that you feel happy is exactly the same way I feel happy. The way you feel sadness is exactly the way I feel sadness. What gives you sadness and happiness is different from what gives me happy and sadness. But we share the same emotions. So I kind of approach characters in the same way. I have the emotions to give to this character. But what is the thing that gives it to them? Now you're talking about a different palette, a different like different colors of different experiences and and all and that's what makes it very interesting. Okay, this character is sad right now, but why is he sad? And that is what becomes very intriguing to me because it's very different from my own experience. I know how it feels like to be sad, but the reason why this person is sad is not the reason why I would be sad. 
and it and it forces me to really think about it to really walk those shoes of like oh it, it's amazing because all of a sudden like it just you really do have to act on that empathy you really have to put yourself in those shoes and that is such a rewarding experience because you get a little taste of what that person might be feeling and it's just it's a wonderful feeling well and also i think that um you get to play uh we were talking about uh i think with aiden we were talking about how going into the emotions and these characters that maybe you have an experience and he was just talking about how do you as a filmmaker have to have these traumatic experiences to create art and i was thinking Oh my God, that would be awful if you had to get raped, um, be beaten up to create art, but you can put yourself in a situation and feel what that would feel like for that person and Mm -hmm. not necessarily have to experience yourself. And I think that that's kind of what you're saying is like you get to play these roles that you don't necessarily have to in your real life play, but get to explore that. Yeah, exactly that. You don't have to go through like if I'm going to play a junkie, which I have, I I'm not going to go in like you know shoot up heroin. Ultimately, acting is all imagination. You're literally fooling your body and your mind into you're tricking it into thinking it is feeling and seeing different things than it's actually there. So you have to really just dive in and really go there and imagine it. It's important to do your research. If you're going to play a drug addict or someone that's gone through a traumatic experience, I think it's it's your it's your responsibility to get as much information as to what that would feel like and really honor that. Well, why don't you talk about the research? What did you do to play a drug addict? Well, for example, for a drug addict, is a lot there's a lot of YouTube videos. I know people struggling with that. Ideally, you want to talk to actually real people who have gone through the real thing. That's important because there's a difference between reading something and looking at someone in the eyes and receiving their experience through the eyes. That's a completely different thing. So to me, it's very important to actually talk to someone who has struggled with a certain type of addiction. And for example, addiction itself is very similar, whether you're addicted to food, whatever it is. I think the essence of addiction is the same. You need something. Talking to someone who's gone through that, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, you know, heroin or meth or whatever, but just someone who struggles with that. And I think to an extent, we all kind of do. We all have our addictions to a to a degree, but... Uh, but yes, so to me, it's important to do as much research as possible. For me, I, I love doing it. Like that's part of building a character. And what I'm always chasing is a feeling of an essence of this person. I It doesn't happen all the time, but when I'm on set and I really get into it and I get into the zone where I feel a different vibe and I feel like a different person, that is always the goal. Because then I feel like I've entered a different space, a different mentality. My body feels different. My thoughts are different. And that's something that I also do as prep. What are the thought patterns of this person? What does this person think of all the time? What are his emotional patterns? How does he react to 
the, the world around him? What are his opinions about the world? That dictates how you move, how you speak, your tone, the way you hold yourself, the way you approach people, all these little things, how you take a shower. And I mean, it, seem, it may seem like very little mundane things, but that informs the person. You know, how, what is your perspective of the world? That's what I'm interested in. Well, and everybody's different. So you're really, like you said, happiness. We, we both can be happy, but we're both feel it maybe differently. Maybe we express it differently. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the nuances of the of the character and stuff. So let's talk about La Paz. Um, yeah. That was directed by Aiden Keltner. Mm -hmm. I, he was telling me the funny part about that was, is that, you know, here he gives you the script and you're asking him like all these questions. And he's like, God, I wasn't even thinking about something. I didn't even stuff. know that. I didn't even yeah. know he thought that. Okay. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's interesting. Like, um, why don't you talk about that project and yeah. how you prepared for it? And um, because it was, you know, somewhat different from yourself. Yeah. So actually he had written this and he sent it to me maybe like two or three times and I rejected it. Uh, I, I loved the script and I thought he had something really good. I just didn't think that I could do him justice because I just didn't feel like I connected with him. Like I don't like him. I just genuinely don't like this guy. And there's nothing about this guy that's anything like me at all. And so I felt like, you know, there's got to be someone else out there that's better suited for this character, you know? Because I do feel like you got to have at least have some connection with the character you're playing. So, you know, he offered it to me a couple of times. And then, like, um, I think it was the third time that I thought about it. And I thought, you know what? Can I get to a place where I actually connect with this character? Is that possible? And all of a sudden... I'm like, I thought about it. That would be the greatest act of empathy if I can actually get this guy. Why he abandoned his family. Why he's only interested in money. Why he is only validated by external things. And all of a sudden, that challenge to myself became unshakable. And I was like, okay, let's do this. So I, I said yes. I'm going to, let's do it. But I did have a bit of a request from him, which he was very gracious in um, honoring, which was that I, I wanted time to really get to understand who this character was. Because in the script, um, we don't get that much time to get to know him before he descends into the journey that he does without giving anything away. It's a bit of a thriller and it's a bit of a psychological drama. So he's going through a bit of a breakdown. And that's the big bulk of the film. But we don't really get to know him that much beforehand. So I felt within the first few minutes of that film, I really want to own that character so that at least they get a vibe of who this guy is. Because we don't have that much time to inform the audience who he is. So if I can do all this work to really sell it in the beginning, then we have a good chance of really making a good film. But we have to show who he is in the beginning, which is a person that's not a very likable person. But I had to really dig deep and really give him a whole history as to why he got to that place where he's at, where he only cares about money, he only cares about getting that promotion, 
and he's only validated by external things. And then all of a sudden that became so fascinating to me. Why? Like, what? why is he seeking all these things? What is he running away from? What is he scared of? Where's his guilt? What is he guilty of? All these questions. So, um, so I did spend quite a bit of time really building a history around him. So he's a pharmaceutical sales rep. And um, just, I mean, I would never in a million years take that job. That sounds so fucking boring. So I actually went and interviewed a couple of sales rep and kind of get a, a a sense of what their daily life is like. What is their rhythm consists of? You know, their because I feel like the rhythm of your life is determined by what you do. You know, where do you go to work? Where do you go to have fun? Who do you hang out with? What does your free time look like? That determines the rhythm of your life. That determines the rhythm of how this person holds himself, walks in a room. So it was very insightful to get all that information from these sales reps. It was great. It was a great experience because I ended up having so much empathy for this guy. And Aiden was amazing in terms of just really indulging me and having so many meetings with, you know, asking him all these questions. Uh, I didn't know he didn't have these answers, like he said, but... Yeah, it was just like exploring the character. Like, who is this guy? Like, you know, let's talk about it. Let's let's have fun. And he was very, very, um, he obliged me so much in having all those meetings of just really exploring who this guy was. I was just thinking that you, uh, in particular, really like a close relationship with your director because i was curious yeah. like i know actors everybody's kind of different some some actors bond with their co-actors and then others it's with the director i don't know so much the writer i mean because the writer may or may not be there to ask so what is your working relationship with the director what what have you had and then what would you like i i love having a close relationship with the director, to me, that is very important. You don't get that all the time. The director knows the story. The director is your captain. The director is the one, you know, spearheading the whole the whole project. So I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. And it's just so creatively exciting to be involved in a project where the director cares so much about the character. That to me is so important because as a director and a writer myself, I care about the the, the characters that I write about. You know, I love having close relationships with my actors. That is something that excites me because it's, you explore so much and you discover so much by just having conversations with the actor, with the director, you know, trying different things, different ideas. And to me, it's really about like uh, making all the mistakes and get them, getting them out of the way. So when you get on set, there's this feeling of like, we know who this guy is. We know what we're looking for. We have a sense of direction, hence director, and then we go and play. And then that's usually when we have the best discoveries on set because we've done all the work. And now we're not on set wondering like, yeah, but would he, uh, wait, like, wh- where did he come from though? Like, you don't, yeah, right. that's out of the way. You are now in the deep, really discovering all these like amazing little 
tidbits that you can add to your story because you did all the work. And it's really as a result of the collaboration between the director and the actor where those discoveries can be made. But you have to have that communication. And to me, that's really important. I, I love having it. And Aiden definitely was, you know, one of them. You know, he was very involved with all the research and involved in, and, you know, he didn't always like my ideas. And that's important too, because I'm also gauging the big picture. Because as the actor, you're only responsible for your little perspective. But as you know, there's a huge world on set. You're not the only player. You have other actors. You have, you know, the whole camera department. There's other uh, ingredients at play. So as an actor, you can sometimes, you know, get a little bit carried away. And then they have to reel you back in. Actually, no, that is not the story. This is what it <laughs> right. is. And he did do that a couple of times where I had all these ideas. Well, what if we add this scene? And what if we show this? And like, you know, you get excited. But then... He knows what the story he wants to tell. He knows that. And so there was, you know, he was very firm a couple of times where he was like, no, that's that's not the idea that I'm going for. And and that's what I love, that communication. Because then I'm like, oh, got it. So, all right, let's reel it back in. This is what you want. Let's go in this direction then. Got it. You have to listen to your director you because that's the person who's telling the story and you have to honor that so it's always i always say like acting is like you have all this freedom but within the parameters of what the story is because ultimately it's not about you it's about the bigger picture it's about the story and sometimes as actors i think you know we get excited and we get carried away but it's not about us we're serving a story we're serving the bigger picture and that's ultimately why why we're here so you know we really had that connection me and Aiden and that's ultimately the the goal that I want with every director is for the director to really be excited about their project that I mean I know quite a few directors that I'm very lucky to know that have that that have that passion of like they they know the story they want to tell and they're excited by it that's what I want. Those are the people I want to work with. Right. And, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking, holy crap, you know, uh, five of your films that you have acted in, you really weren't acting with anybody else. I mean, La Paz, mm -hmm. uh, the home quarantine, we did you on Zoom by yourself. Um, and then you, uh, John's film. Capture. Capture, yeah. Um, And then uh, the other film I was thinking about where you had those eyes. Uh, ink fever. Ink fever. I mean, pretty much you were alone. Andy. I mean, that says a lot to the level of your acting that you're such a great actor that, <laughs> I mean, you can do it alone. Well, thank you for that, but... Well, there has been a lot of projects that I've been acting in where I do act by myself. And that is challenging because you don't have another person to bounce off of. And you really have to rely on your imagination. But that is the greatest acting boot camp you can possibly have because you really have to work that imagination muscle. And again, 
imagination is key. Um, I think imagination is like something that I'm always uh, aware of when I act. I have to believe what I'm thinking. I have to really trick my mind and my body that what I'm thinking is what's actually happening. That's what acting is. Ultimately, acting is not acting, is feeling the truth of what the scene is. It's in those moments that I think you're forced to really go for it because you have no safety net and it's just all you and everyone's looking at you and you just have to really bring it. Um, You have to get over your own insecurities. You have to believe. And that's why I did all the backstory at first because I'm like, if I really know who this person is, then I can just be confident. You know, it's what got me that confidence. And I know a lot of actors, some actors don't do a lot of backstory. And that's the great thing about acting. There's no one way to do it. And you get from acting what you want from it. That's the great thing about it. But for me, I love going as deep as I do because it's very rewarding for me. And it's so much fun. And so to me, I love giving myself that virtual reality in which I can get lost in. And those scenes that you talk about where I'm just by myself, I really have to believe it. Otherwise, it's not going to be truthful for the audience. They're going to spot a lie. And so to me, it started off as just that challenge. How can I make myself believe that I'm in this situation by myself and everyone's looking at me and they're going to judge me and think whether or not that's actually what's happening or whatnot. But um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't realize that I had so many scenes alone, but yeah, I do. <laughs> well, that just says the phenomenal of you. And, and also that, um, like you were just saying, is it gives you an opportunity to play things that Lord knows you probably wouldn't want to play in real life, right. meaning living that out. Yeah. Um, and the consequences of that, but that you get to, I think the the wonderful thing about acting is you get to be whoever you want to be, or at least the roles that you choose to be in, you get to play that out and say, okay, well, what would that look like if this really happened? Yeah. And and also, because ultimately, you know, I know for me, like when I'm watching a film, the minute that I'm taken out because of bad acting is always awful when you're like, ugh. Oh my God, I'm separating from this film because I just got caught on something they said that I didn't feel was reality. And so I really love the depth that you go in because it really is portrayed in your characters like La Paz. Oh my God, that was such a beautiful movie. And you did such a wonderful job. I mean, all around. But you're a great actor. So, of course. Well, Well, thank you. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't. I try to remove the profession when i go and i don't know this might sound a little pretentious but i don't know like whenever i get involved in a script or in a project i go all in because that's you just have to for me like that is my perspective like if you're gonna go and embody another character you just have to give so much of yourself to that character and otherwise you know why do it there's a point where I stop thinking about Alan, the actor. And this is when it gets exciting for me. And it becomes, who is this guy? What does he think? How can I embody him? How can I think like him? How can I act like him? How can I feel like him? How do I talk like him? What does he listen to? 
What does he watch? All these questions become like this all-consuming thing that is just exhilarating and so fun. And I can't wait to go on set and just be this person. And that's why I do it. Because I just feel like I get immersed in another world that's not mine. And, and, and by doing so, it creates... I don't know. It gives me so much perspective. It gives me insight into my own emotions and it's just honestly a whole lot of fun uh so for me uh that's why i do what i do it's not necessarily like i I mean of course i want to be a good actor that's always the goal like i want to do a good job but there's a, a threshold that i always aim to cross which is like i don't care about any of that stuff and i just care about honoring this character and who this person is because it becomes very real for me you know the emmet who was the character in la paz he was a very real person in my head and i had that experience for the first time when i did a showcase for uh acting professionally which was the acting class that i took and i had this character of eddie for five months and we had five months to rehearse and create the character before we went on stage and, and you know, showcased it to agents and managers. And it was my first experience ever of that feeling of, I feel like this character's real. You know, I really did all the work for five months. I really did input so much energy and time to the point where, like, I just knew who this guy was. And the minute it was over, I remember just having this like feeling of emptiness of, wait, 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 where did he go? Wait. And it was very scary. And it sounds kind of insane, honestly. But I remember going home after the show, we went dancing, um, which was fine. Like I danced it off because it was a very like, you know, uh, hard working week. But I came back home and I was like, but wait. I'm never going to think about him again. I've been thinking about him for five months. I've been listening to his music for five months. I, What do you mean he's gone? There was this void. And that's when I knew how connected I was to this entity. That was, his name was Eddie, the character. And um, I did have to do a ritual at the end because it was just very painful. I was like, oh my God, like I can't say bye. Like I just... I have to do something to get rid of it. So the character had a bandana that he had wrapped around his wrist and uh, I still had it. And so what I did was I did a little ritual where I took it off and I burnt the bandana and I said goodbye to Eddie. And I was like, all right, you were my life for five months, but you're gone. And he was a crazy character. So I was kind of happy to be done with him. But that doesn't happen too often to the degree of that because a lot of productions, you don't have that luxury to have that much time with a character. But La Paz was definitely one of them as well where I had a similar ritual where I did have to say bye to Emmett because it did become all-consuming. That's the level that I'm always aiming for. That... uh, level of depth of immersion into a character that's what the goal is for me 
Well, and it just reminds me of Heath Ledger, you know, and how well he does his characters or did his characters. I would think a good actor, it has to become a part of you. Otherwise, I mean, there's the two type of actors, there's the personality actors and the character actors. Mm -hmm. And I think the the best actors are the character actors. They become the character versus they bring their personality into the character. And um, th that's what I see as you, as you are definitely a character actor. And that being said, you know, with the showcase that's that was on a stage, so kind of like a, a theater, you know, experience yeah. without theater where it's consistently every night. But yeah. how was that? What do you feel is the difference between when you're on set and you have crew versus an audience? Ooh, that was terrifying. So I've, like I said earlier, I have a fear of public speaking. So I've never done theater in my life. And up to that point, I had maybe done like two or three short films. And this was Eddie. So I'd just been doing it in front of class, not in front of a bunch of people. Um, but I knew that character so well. So I think that kind of helped me. But uh, we were on stage and, you know, we're going by uh, groups. So actually we're going by scenes. So there was, you're in the back and you're like in a line awaiting your turn. And a lot of my friends and family were in the crowd. So I think most actors kind of agree with me where we would rather act in front of strangers than <laughs> act in front of people we know because it feels almost like we have to do that much work to convince them because they know us so well as opposed to strangers don't know who you are so you can easily be anybody. Um, but I felt that pressure all of a sudden. It's like, oh my God, my dad's out there. My sister's out there. They've never seen me act. I have my friends out there. Um, and that started becoming very tangible right before my scene was about to go up. So the two actors went in front of me and they did their scene. And all of a sudden I could hear my heartbeat go super fast. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if I can do this. Like it was a tangible fear. And then I remembered who Eddie was and it all disappeared. This is why I do backstories, by the way. <laughs> right. This is exactly why I do backstories <laughs> because when you're insecure, you just got to remember that and you're like, all right, I know who this guy is. So I remembered Eddie and I was like, you know what? I know who this guy is and I know this guy would not freak out in this moment. You know what? Fuck it. I'm Eddie. Um, and that's what got me through it. So once I got on stage, it was exhilarating. It was wonderful. I just was able to be that character on stage and get response from that audience which you don't get on set so on set you know your crew is your audience too but they're so busy with their stuff they're not really they didn't pay there to go see your show you know right? they got other stuff on their mind so but these people are responding to you they're responding to your performance and it was fun like you know i got a couple laughs and i was like holy fuck like i'm making people laugh what the fuck um so yeah it was great and um it was exhilarating. I did my two scenes and, you know, went out. But it was a huge rush. And I was so happy I did it. I haven't done theater since. And I would love to do it one day. But what I think the difference between theater and film, I feel like theater is more actor-oriented. 
as opposed to film. Film, you have, of course, the actors are there and they're the spotlight, but you have so many different departments. But in theater, you have two hours and you only get one take. There's no second take. In film, if you screw up, you can go again. But I feel like from an acting perspective, what a wonderful challenge to go on stage and you just be that character for two hours and you just immerse yourself and there's no second take. Like you're just there. I would love to do that one day. Well, yeah. And I think over time, especially if you're doing like a play, over time, it gets better and better and better because it's the same thing over and over and over again. So I can definitely see that where like you said um with film you know you're shooting out of order you have to maybe you shoot the most traumatic in the beginning you haven't even established yourself you know so i think that there can be a lot Mm. of that and you're right with the crew it's like they're all like oh my god am i getting the sound levels i'm not really paying attention to you i'm listening to sound I saw your showcase. I thought you did oh, amazing. You. And, you know, there were others that were kind of choking up. And, you know, it's kind of a make or break. You either have to push through it or you get stuck in it. And that's always kind of mm, awkward. And you yeah. feel sorry for the people that are, you know, stuck. Uh, yeah. But you, you know, just nailed it. What would you recommend mm-hmm. for actors that want to get involved and are kind of more serious like you, like really diving in deep to the characters. What is the process that you have to do if you really want to act? Like getting your reel, getting an agent. Can you talk on that? Yeah. I mean, for me, I started off with, like I said, an acting class and just really paying attention. Um, But you know what? Like also... One thing I will say is, like, don't just rely on your acting class. Go and do research on your own. Look up YouTube videos on actors talking about their process. That's how I started learning stuff, too. Look at films that inspire you, performances that inspire you. Study those actors because at the end of the day, their work is literally on display for you to watch, to dissect. There's uh, one of the actors that I really, uh, that really inspired me. One of them is Kate Winslet. She's amazing. She's brilliant. And there's been a couple of the films that Revolutionary Road, uh, there's this one scene where the the camera like uh, tracks her and kind of goes into a close up of her right in front of a tree. And she has this look on her face. And I just felt, moved by that scene like there's just so much like hatred and anger and like but she didn't move a fucking muscle and i just remember thinking after watching that scene how does she do that how does she make me feel that without doing so much so the curiosity is a great place to start go watch a performance that moved you and study that performance. What did they do in that scene that made you feel that way? That's a great place to start. And for me, that was something I did outside of class. And then look up interviews on that actor or actress. What do they do to prepare for that role? You're getting all these little clues. So I think really just being a detective and just really finding all these different inspiration on YouTube, on films, and that really 
really helps. You have to forge your own path of different things that inspire you, but always feel inspired. That's my my goal. I always want to feel excited by what I'm researching. Um, so I did a class and did showcase, and that's how I got an agent. What I did too outside of class, I started auditioning for films, local short films. Most of them didn't pay, but a lot of the local filmmakers they're so passionate about their film, and I was very lucky to. The first short film that I worked on was nine months into my acting class, and was with John Freeman, who directed the short film Capture, which I kind of had to fight for the role a little bit. But I just really fell in love with the script, and I just really felt like called to be that character. And then just trying things out, just go look for filmmakers that are making short films. I was lucky that John Freeman and Carenza Lequeur, who was the co-director producer, they gave me the shot because I didn't have any experience before that. But I auditioned. I sent them a self tape. I, you know, talked to them, showed my enthusiasm, and just really lobbied for the role in a way. And was just like, I can do it. Like you know, I think passion and enthusiasm goes a long way too. There's nothing greater when you read something and you're just like, I have to do this. Like. That is so such a good feeling, and and when they give you the parts, even better. But I was lucky enough that they were my first directors, and doing that first short film outside of class was boot camp for me, like acting boot camp. Because、uh, all of a sudden I was on set and I was acting, and I was like, "Wow, this is crazy!" And then、um, I went and did an SDSU student film, Chips and Salsa, right. And then I did another film with a Belgian filmmaker, who you know it was like a short little thing, but nonetheless, you know these little things they're not little, because that is your playground to go and then go and play, make your mistakes. The stakes are not that high. You're not gonna have a million eyes on you judging you. Go and play. Try out different techniques. Try out things that you've learned up to that point. That's what I did. All right, for this short film. I've accumulated this knowledge. I'm going to put it into practice. Then you learn through that experience what worked, what didn't work. Then you take that to the next set. What works, what doesn't work. That's the only way you're going to grow as an actor. Is if you put yourself, you have to actually be on set and try it out. And auditions are another way of doing that. Auditions are an acting workout. I used to dread auditions because you feel like you have to, you know, please the casting director and you have to fit a certain mold. But now there's this freedom to it. We're like, well, now I'm gonna try this because you know, there's an audience. I actually have an audience today, and I get to perform for them. That is an acting workout. Go play, do your thing. Don't be afraid. Try things out. That is the best way, I think. To really hone in on your skills is to just go in, try it out. So I would recommend whatever gig you can get. It doesn't matter the size of the role. If you only have one line, make that line count, and eventually that is going to get you to a threshold like it did with me, where I got an agent and I started, you know, 
getting other more sizable roles. But you got to do the work. You just got to go and actually do it. Well, right. It sounds like what you're saying is like, especially when you're starting out, try to take any role you can yeah. get yeah. because that's going to build your reel yeah. as well. Yeah. And I just remembered the question that I wanted to ask you. Okay, so you had to kiss Cedris in that film. <laughs> and I was yeah. just thinking, um, you know, yeah. how how about those intimate roles where you have to, like, you don't oh. even, like, oh, I mean, you knew her, but. I didn't. Not in, oh. I, on, I, I barely knew her. <laughs> um, and her boyfriend was there, wasn't he? The boyfriend was <laughs> there. And I was just the AD. And I think it was uh, the second boyfriend in the music video. He dropped out. And last minute, they asked me if I could, you know, because I, I was acting in class at that point, but I wasn't like an actor actor. But Mark DeLeon, who was the director of the music video, um, he knew that I was taking acting lessons. So he asked me like, hey, this actor dropped out. Can you be the actor? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. We got to fix the problem, right? That's your AD state of mind. But then once it came to actually doing it, I was like, oh, fuck, right. I have to kiss. And what the fuck? Her boyfriend's right there. So, yeah, it became this very, um, dude, like, those are those are tough. You know, I know there's some actors that they're pretty good with that intimacy stuff. I'm not. I'll be 100% honest. Like, I really haven't done a lot of scenes that, uh, require a lot of very intimate uh, emotions like that with my co-star. Cedris was one where I had to kiss her. And um, did you guys talk before to arrange? Very, it? very briefly. And what did she say? She was a total pro, though. She held my hand. She tried to make me feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. She was great. She really did make me comfortable, and it was all her because I was definitely nervous about it um it was my first on-screen kiss ever <laughs> so at least i can say that cedris yeah. was my first on-screen kiss and she's hot so she's, it was a nice yeah, one 100 <laughs> percent. so i was i'm very lucky but there was still that you know that the the nerves and everything and the fact that her boyfriend was right there but she made me feel very comfortable and i think when i have done scenes like that which has been very very few to me, it's always about connecting with your scene partner and building a trust and building that safety net, which isn't always there in my experience. Uh, so that's so, yeah, I think one of my goals as an actor, like I said before, I do a lot of very dramatic, dark emotions in some of the films that I've done. Without partners. <laughs> Without partners. So, yeah. Would you like to have more partners? <laughs> so, exactly. Exactly. So, I want to do the opposite now. I want to do more positive emotions uh -huh. with partners. Right. So, that is definitely my goal as an actor now. I really do want to um, be able to express myself in an intimate way with another actor in front of a crew. I haven't had that opportunity so much but i would love to go there because it's hard i think that that would be a very challenging thing for me to be able to be that vulnerable in that context in front of a group of people because i'm i just right now at this moment feel like that would be very hard for me but i think that's what drives me though but didn't you have another scene partner in the showcase or uh, in one of your films that you did that you had to hold her in bed? I think that was showcase. Yeah. Yeah. I did have a character where I, it was like a post 
sex scene. Right. How was that? And how was she? Because she had a boyfriend too. She did have a boyfriend. Luckily, she her boyfriend was not on set. Um, and we had done all the work. So there was like five months that we had been prepping the characters. and. Um, but how was she? Was she comfortable with that? She wasn't comfortable 100%. I wasn't 100% comfortable. So it was a bit awkward. Yeah. And, and that, how do you get through that? How do you get to get... Laughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just literally making jokes. Yeah, laughter is probably i think at least from my experience in those scenes that's that helps a lot you just laugh about it and it's like oh yeah i'm supposed we just had sex but (laughs) we're yeah we're not attracted to each other right i was just thinking like do you work with your scene partners film partners before the shoot yeah i mean that's my preference and that's something that i always uh aspire to whenever i'm working with another actor and as, even as a director and a writer, so I recently directed something this past summer, and there was a lot of relationship-oriented scenes, and I really made sure that I had a lot of time with both actors to rehearse. Yeah, it's important, because you want to build a, a, a connection. You want to build a report. You want the actors to really get a sense of who the other person is all that stuff shows up on screen subconsciously maybe we don't really think about it but that's the beauty about filmmaking is that the camera doesn't lie the camera's just there to observe you <laughs> so you just got to bring it and if you're lying guess what the camera's indifferent it'll capture your lie that's the challenge for an actor is that you just have to be authentic 100% of the time you got to believe the scene. You got to believe your character. You got to believe what it is that you're telling the other person in the scene. Because if you don't believe it, guess what? The camera is impartial to you. And guess what? The audience is going to get it. They're going to feel that lie. So the more you build a connection with your scene partner, the more that's going to come across on screen. 100%. And so, yeah, whenever I have a film where there's a scene or a storyline where I have to do a lot of scenes with another actor, yes, I want to be part of that actor's life or that person's life or that bit that we're doing this the movie for. That's important for me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being yeah. on the show. This was this was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. This yeah, this has been great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to get out there and make a film. Reach out to your local filmmakers group to get involved and connect. Please subscribe to the show if you like it. And follow me on Instagram at Tammy Madero. Until we meet again, what's your story?